Thank you for listening to a River Life Fellowship podcast. We're a church family in North Carolina with a vision for people to experience the grace of Jesus, be filled with the Father's love, and to release the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's this week's message from Chapel Hill. Amen. So I felt led a few weeks back to, to start the series called The Ways of Jesus. And how many know that um, there's a lot of great people out there, even Christian people that we could emulate, kind of have as a mentor or watch their podcasts or see how they lead church or their movements or their ministries. But at the end of the day, the only one that really matters is Jesus. I have people regularly say things to me about someone else and their perspective on something that they're like believers and Christian people. And I don't usually argue with them, but in the back secretly, I'm thinking, but where do you see that in the ministry of Christ? That's just, that's the bottom line to me. I just want to know what was in the heart of Jesus, but before, because whatever's in your heart is what you're going to think about. And whatever you think about becomes your perspective on life, God, other people. And whatever your perspective in is what you're going to say. And what you say shapes your reality. And so um, this is sort of where I'm tracking at. So really, um, a a couple of weeks ago, the theme was mindsets. And uh, I was throwing out some different examples from the world even. From, you know, people like Elon Musk or even my son Gabe and the way that he sees working out. Um, Judah, speaking of mindsets, our son who lives in the mountains, he just went to Wisconsin with a buddy and joined about a thousand riders yesterday. Think about it. Talk about mindsets. In one day, they rode 235 miles. Who does that? Like, I don't, whose kids are these? I don't understand. It's a mindset though, because he had in his mind, this is what I'm going to do. This is going to be awesome. And it was supposed to take 12 hours. And at about 13 hours, we're texting, we're calling, like, you good? You done yet? He finally finished at, what, about 10 p.m.? 10 p.m. our time, I think 9 p.m. at his time. But, I mean, everybody's probably seen somebody out there, even somebody you know. We're like, that's just a little different. Like, they don't think like I think, and I don't think they think like pretty much 99% of the population And of course, Jesus was number one in that regard. He didn't think like anybody thought, including the 12 guys he picked to follow him. They're constantly confused. Like, what? And I see Jesus over here just constantly scratching his head and you're like, wait, what? What is it that you don't get yet? My kingdom's not of this world. Are we good? Okay, your kingdom's not, you good? Uh, I think, you know, and it's just a constant thing. And um, so in part two on mindsets, there were two things that I gave you. I'll just, re- to, as a case of reviewing this, um, number one, Jesus fulfilled and is the Sabbath. It's important. Shabbat is important and he's it. He's it. There's, there's nothing we have to do other than to just j- get into him. Amen. Okay. And number two, it's always God's will to heal today. And number three, I haven't gotten to yet, but it's coming. Women or God's secret weapon. All right, let's go. Let's go. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I know I'm I'm not trying to dive into controversy, but I am. 
In Christ, there's neither male nor female, see? God is spirit, and in him, there's no shadow. He's not a respecter of persons. Okay, hey, let's save that for we'll save that for the next time. Come on, I love you, sis. <laughs> you see, because in Matthew eleven twenty five, it says at this time Jesus prayed this prayer, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever. You ever been around people like that? Man, they got PhDs galore. My pastor used to joke, I grew up here in the Triangle, that and at that time, I don't know if it's still true statistically, but there were more PhDs in the Triangle than anywhere in the world. He said the problem with that is PhD might as well stand for post hole digger. Like when it comes to, and that's not disrespect to all my educated people in the room, but his point was just that what does that really mean if it's not rooted and grounded in Christ? And this, by the way, this pastor has a PhD, so he's not saying that disrespectfully. He's just trying to make the point that we can have all the learning of the world, but if we don't know Christ, then what does it mean? And so, so Jesus is saying here, those think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. What's a little three-year-old like? A three-year-old trusts. Yeah. A three-year-old believes. A three-year-old, your, the father or mother could tell that child just about anything and they would believe it, right? Many of you have those kids like that. You see the wonder. You see the beauty. You see the imagination. Come on. Some of us need to stir back up our sanctified imagination yeah. to know that that's not just, just your imagination. But the Lord can actually use a child's imagination to bring them into the kingdom realm, to see into the spirit. You see, I believe in this season that we're entering, we're going to see kids as young as just walking two, three years old, lay their hands on the sick and prophesy and pray and heal. I mean, we're seeing that happen. I mean, even Lydia as a 12 year old representative of someone, uh, you know, below teenagers, who are, who are tapping in to hear heaven and sing it out with boldness and confidence. So here's number three, or number four, I should say, because number three was uh, women, God's, God's secret agents, best kept secret. But number, number four is this new mindset, is Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Come on. Jesus is, if you're taking notes, the spirit of prophecy. In other words... He is the past, the present, and the future. And, and you see, I said this last week, but if you really think about it, everything Jesus did in his ministry was based on an event that hadn't happened yet. And that event was the atonement on the cross, that by his stripes were healed, by his blood we have forgiveness of sins, etc. All of that happened in his ministry, and he hadn't even died. So in a similar way, Our reality is often the same. We live from the future based on what God has said will happen. Trusting that his timing, hello, is always perfect. Even if and when our minds do not understand it. Our mindsets are key. 
Our mindsets are key because there's probably not a person in this room who's been following Jesus for more than a week that hasn't experienced some measure of this. You feel like God spoke and then maybe actually the opposite happened. Has anybody ever had that happen to you? And you're like, Lord, I thought you said. Well, we're in good company because you can actually find men and women like this all throughout the scripture. Where they, from Moses to, to David to all through the New Testament to even James, John, and Peter. Okay, I'll get into that next week, I think. Who actually thought God was doing something and the opposite happened. Even death. Death seems so final to a natural mindset. But we know what the real truth is. So many times... Like I said, even the, the 12 and, and the, the inner three of Peter, James, and John, they misunderstood what was being prophesied. Wow. Not in the sense of what the, the word was, but in how to interpret and to apply the word. And so as a prophetic people, hearing God and just conveying what we feel like he's saying, um, this message is, I believe God just wants to refresh us. This will be a refresher for a lot of you. But also, maybe for the first time you're hearing this, I I pray that the Holy Spirit would really help you. Because everybody in this room, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. So whether you're aware of it or not, he is speaking to you. He is speaking every day, multiple times a day. There is information that he wants to convey to you. He can even speak to you about other people or about other situations or things happening in the world around us. He will continue to do that because that's his nature. Again, the spirit of pro- Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Okay, sometimes it has to do with the future, but a lot of times it has to do with the present. So here's one example of when the twelve misunderstood Jesus. Acts one six, Acts one six. If you want to turn or click there, and uh, it's on the screen. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord. Has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Now tell me, what kind of kingdom are they thinking about? They're thinking about their earthly kingdom. They're thinking about the great Israel. The chosen people God chose to reveal himself through. They had a long history of thousands of years from Abraham on. And after all, they had just seen the son of David, Jesus of Nazareth, revealed as the Messiah do all the cool stuff, all the miracles. They were convinced, and then he was crucified and died. But three days later, just like he tried to tell them, they didn't get that either, by the way, before time. He rose from the dead. And now at this passage, this is after all that's happened. And again, I think this is one of those Jesus scratching his head moments. Seriously? Did did somebody really just ask me that question? Lord, has the time come for you now to restore the historical political kingdom of Israel, to kick butt and take names on these evil Romans, to kick out the occupiers, to like the the judges of the book of Judges, you know, raise up a mighty army. Like, when are we doing that? Because, okay, Jesus, this is cool. Like some sick people get healed. Old Laz came back from the dead. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, it's awesome, Lord. We get it. That's really awesome. But, you know, I'm thinking about my grandkids. I'm thinking about, like, Lord, what, what about them? What are we going to do for our kids, our grandkids? Like, 
Israel's not, it's not looking good. It's going to hell in a handbasket. Anybody hear anything? I don't mean to go to meddling, but I probably will. And here's Jesus' response. And I, and I really want you to hear the Lord on this. Pray about it if you think I'm a little off. But I really feel like this response is key for us right now in 2023. The Father alone. Everybody say the Father alone. The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. And they're not for you to know. Oh, who does that frustrate? What? What do you mean they're not for me to know? I thought you said it's yours to hear the mysteries, to know the mysteries of the kingdom. Yes, I believe that's true. Yet, there are kairos moments. Remember kairos versus chronos? There are kairos moments that the Bible says that even Jesus doesn't know the date and time. But you... Punch your neighbor and say, that's you. But you say, you're going to receive power. You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, say witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, even to the ends of the earth. We got to be about the Father's business. Because the time is short. But if we spend all our time on YouTube trying to figure out, what about America, Lord? Oh, what about my kids? I just honor my kids. I am concerned about my kids and their future. I'm concerned about my grandkids and my great-grandkids. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I believe God has a purpose for America, and it ain't done yet. We're not a perfect people. But if you're looking for perfection, you probably better leave because there's no perfect nation. There's no perfect church. There's no perfect people. We have a lot that we've, we've made mistakes and we've, we, we've overcome. I believe even now God is restoring some of those things. And I do believe God has a purpose. He, gave his, he put his grace on us from the beginning. Okay? So what I'm talking to you is not just... It's not wrong to be concerned about those things, but I want to I want to talk to you about your mindset. But in what way does God want to do what all that we're praying for in our nation? Are you guys all right? I haven't stepped on your toes too hard. You're going to receive power. See, I wrote this down. The Father knows how and when and with whom he's going to restore America to her biblical roots. In the meantime, Our job as the body of Jesus on the earth right now is to receive and walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, being witnesses and telling people about Jesus and what he does everywhere in Chapel Hill and Durham, in Wilmington in Texas, in North Carolina, um, in Africa, Central and South America, Asia and every nation around the world. Now, note this. Jesus did not say in the passage that we just read, he didn't say that the political kingdom of Israel would not be restored. He didn't say that. He just said, hey, don't worry about that. God's got this. I'm paraphrasing. Just go about and do the stuff. Do what I did. How did Jesus view all this stuff? I mean, he had Simon the Zealot, who was actually, in our context, one of the militia people. 
the zealots wanted to raise up a Jewish militia and overthrow the Romans. And they tried to a few times. I, I could tell you some history lessons, but we don't have time for that. He, Jesus knew this about this guy, and he still picked him to be one of his beloved. But he constantly, and then everybody knows the story when James and John, they're going through a Samaritan village that didn't like the message. And then James and John, you got to love those boys, sons of thunder. They're like, hey, Jesus, you want us to, like Elijah did, you want us to call down fire? Just destroy, wipe them off the map, let's go! Some of us feel that way about certain things in our country. And what was Jesus' mindset? Guys, you don't know what spirit you're of. I, the Son of Man didn't take life, come to take life, he came to give it. Come on, guys, that's our mission today. I don't care what people believe, think, look like, are confused about. He came to give life. And that is the spirit of prophecy. And any other prophetic thing is coming from, at best, a distorted well of prophecy. Woo, okay. Y'all, y'all are going to be okay. Just, we're going to get through this. I'm almost done here because it's 12. But, um, so Jesus didn't say that he wouldn't restore it. He said, just stop focusing on this. Go about doing good, destroying all the works of the devil. Now, the political state of Israel wasn't restored completely until, now listen carefully to this date. So they're asking him this in about in 30 A.D. is when Jesus uh, went to be with the Father. 30 A.D. In A.D., May the 14th, 1948, is when post-World War II, this modern nation politically of Israel was restored. They, the Jews were dispersed until then. Now that is a wait of 1,918 years. Who in this room is willing to wait that long? I mean, we're an instant culture. We, we, we tap our foot at the microwave. Like, we're just, like, we want it now. Our way. You know, now. 1,918 years. But let me ask you a question. Did Jesus lie? Was God lying when he said he's going to restore, but it's, it, you're t- don't worry about it? Just do the stuff? Come on. I'm telling you guys, no matter what the future may hold, God is on the throne. His kingdom is not of this world. He's going to destroy the works of the devil. Like we, the church, we're going to thrive. We're going to lead the way. Even in suffering, we have a theology for that. Because I'm telling you, you know, I just got back from Uganda. It's interesting when you go to other nations of the world that they've got a theology for They're suffering. suffering. Yeah. They don't get shipwrecked when their car breaks down because they don't have one. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They don't get shipwrecked by the things that really bother us. We wonder, where are you, God? I thought you said this, and now I'm suffering. And I'm not making light. There's everyone, every human has real suffering. I mean, I'm, I'm in, a, in a week or so, I'm going to share about when my best friend was murdered in 2009. I mean, I get it. Some in this room, are you may be suffering right now. And I want you to know that Emmanuel is God with you right now. He's not a God who's distant and far off to reverence. No, he's a God who's with us on the timeline. He's here in this room right now, sitting beside you, putting his arm around you and waiting to comfort you with his love and take you on to glory and glory on the earth. Now, not just heaven when you die. So in interpreting prophecy, let me be quick. 
there are three phases. Number one, receiving the word. word. Number two, interpreting the word. And number three, applying the word. That's very, everybody got that? Receiving, interpreting, applying. Usually most mistakes with prophecy are not made with number one. They're made with number two and number three. For example, if I had an open vision uh, right now um, and saw a picture of the continent of Australia on Patrick's shirt, maybe while we are worshiping and we're in this glory time together, and I saw this map of Australia, it's not really there, but it's an open vision. And I, and I was led to prophesy, hey, Patrick, I feel God is calling you to Australia. He's going to save Australia through your ministry. Praise God, the whole church. Amen. Praise the Lord. Based on the revelation, that was most likely a true word. Okay, let's just assume that for the sake of it. That's a true word. However, that's just the beginning. It would be a huge mistake for Patrick over the next two months to quit his job at UNC, have Megan resign her position, sell the house, pack up the kids, be like, we're going to Australia. All of Australia will be saved through this mighty man of power because I got a word. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying it couldn't happen or it won't happen. I'm saying that's just the beginning. Okay, um, because maybe, maybe that's, uh, it, you know, any situation is not that dramatic. But people often act on prophetic words like this, and then they get disappointed, disillusioned, and even mad at God when things didn't work out like they expected. Acts chapter 1. Wait, you just died and rose from the dead, but I thought we were getting our nation back. You see what I'm saying? And then they had to wait 1,900 years before that actually happened. How long are you willing to wait? Your mindset makes all the difference. I often thought, I I, I had this time with the Lord one time where I started using this phrase. You know what, Lord? I need a 100-year vision. Now, I'm 49, so unless I live for uh, until I'm 149, which could happen, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about if I don't have a vision that's bigger than myself, what kind of vision is that? In other words, I need to have a vision that passes on to Ben and all of my kids sitting here. I need to have a vision that then they pass on to their kids and they look back and my ceiling is their floor. Like, oh, Granddad Matthew, bless his heart, he had that low-level revelation. You know what I mean? Like, like he saw like a few cancers healed, but now, whew, you got cancer, be healed. Boom, done. We're 100%. Like, they're walking in this realm that we didn't even know was possible. So I'm just kind of sharing with you my 100-year vision. But see, what's the difference? It's all about mindset. But if you have a mindset that has often been taught in the church, that actually the glory and the presence of God has gradually diminished, starting with the death of the apostles. And it's going, it's getting worse and worse. But one day, don't worry, guys, Jesus is going to return. And when he comes, we're all going to be raptured into the sweet by and by and sing songs forever with him. I'm not being disrespectful for being excited about heaven because trust me, 
I'm looking forward to it. Like the day I dad die will be the best day of my life. No pun intended. I, I, I love that. But Jesus said this. He said, this is how you should pray. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come now on earth as it is in heaven. So actually what the, the true mindset should be is heaven is increasing on the earth, not diminishing. But a lot of the church lives the other way. Like, oh, it's dark out there. Oh, my gosh. Did you see what this politician did or that, that person? I can't believe y'all. You know, it'll name like some pop star or something. And listen, I'm not making, I get it. I get it. Okay, yeah, it's not good. All the gender confusion, you know, all this stuff, it just feels so negative and so like, oh. But your mindset rules you. And if you believe that that is what is greater, then that's actually the way that you will live. Even as a Christian, you'll begin to approach the world with that mindset that the devil's winning, but we're going to hold on because in the end God wins and we'll all get raptured. I don't know about you. That's not biblical. It's just not biblical. It's not how the first church lived. It's not the story of the scripture. Yeah. Whew. All right. Let me, let me, let me, let me pack, let me pack this up. All right. So, so, um, let's be honest. Okay. Let me just, let me be honest for a minute. Y'all remember the Asbury outpouring? Was that back in February? Okay. So for good reasons, they had to stop and, uh, it ended in a sense. I mean, unless I'm wrong, I, there's probably some stuff that is still happening, but we haven't seen the next Jesus movement, right? And a lot of preachers aren't bold enough to actually say that <laughs> because you, I got up here like, I mean, cause God, there's an indication of something. I'm going to press into it, baby. I'm not, I'm not going to be shy at all because I actually have a theology for this. And it's exactly what I'm saying. It's a God said it hasn't happened Yet, the yet is the big mindset shift. Because a lot of Christians go, oh, it didn't have false prophet. You know, and then they start throwing stones. And the next thing you know, that doesn't do anybody any good. You know, we, I, I watched YouTube videos and saw some people that I really admire and respect that had convincing prophecies about the Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. You remember that? And then it just so happened that that Jesus movement movie came out at the same time. And so how many of us in this room were like, oh, wow. All right. Well, I guess we can look for this building to fill up and build another one. And the campus is just going to be running with people. How do I get saved and all this stuff? And nobody wants to admit it. But when you're quiet and by yourself, you're like, yeah. That didn't work out. And so what we do is we wait for the next pep rally. We wait for the next prophetic wave to come and jack us up. Now is going to be the time. We're awesome. We do all this stuff. And again, I'm not saying any of that's wrong. What I'm saying is don't become disappointed and disillusioned to the point that just because the words haven't happened yet, doesn't mean they aren't God. Because yeah. I believe that all those prophecies are 100% God. I hope it don't take 1,918 years for it to happen. Lord, do we have that long? But God is on the move. God will pour out His Spirit. He is pouring out His Spirit. 
I mean, in Uganda, people would just have radical miracles on a regular basis. It was sort of normal. And what you were testifying in the land of tea, too. It's like, good Lord, God is moving. God is moving. Because there's also this dimension of, well, how do you define revival? Yeah. You know, what does that look like? Maybe we need to have a different mindset in that regard. Yeah, yeah. All right. Are you guys okay? Yeah. So, um, so what's up? Don't become jaded. Is God wrong? Absolutely not. Does he lie? No, absolutely not. Are all the current prophets uh, false prophets? No. The disconnect, just like in Jesus' generation, is simply a misinterpretation and a misapplication of what God has said and is doing. Now, back to my example with Patrick. That could be a real prophecy. And God could have that legitimately for Patrick and Megan and their kids. But what Patrick and Megan need to be careful of is that they continue to wait on the Lord. They continue to take that word. Okay, well, that's a good word. I'm not in unbelief, but let me set that over here on my shelf. And then watch and see and weigh and see what God does. Because when God speaks, here's what I've learned. He's always going to confirm his word. Especially when it comes to major life decisions like that. Because I've seen friends that made this mistake and they suffered unduly. Okay, and I don't, the Lord doesn't want that for us. He really wants us to come in, receive and even prophesy to one another or receive prophecy but go through the process and he's put church family around us to help us. It's actually a safety net here because you're not an island. You're not isolated out there just receiving these random prophecies on Zoom call that those people don't know you. Now, it could be a real prophecy and you shouldn't reject it just because you don't know the person. But you have the safety of all these people sitting in this room who do know you. Who know your life, who can confirm or say, I, I don't know how I feel about that. You know, and we need to have permission to speak into one another's lives like that. In love. In love. And in tr- but in truth. And say, oh, I don't know, Patrick. I don't know about right this second, you know, or whatever. And I know Patrick, he would, he would gladly receive that counsel and that input. As we hear from the Lord. So um, stay in faith. Stay in faith by focusing on what he is doing around you. Not on what he's not. See too many people's theology. Gets shaped by what didn't happen. That's not the Bible. (laughs) You know the story of Abraham and Sarah. They didn't shape their theology by what didn't happen. And they did doubt. And they did have some, some some Ishmael's. And so they're human, so we should all as humans take comfort in that. Because if you ever blown it in this regard, you weren't exactly this man of faith and power in, in every given day. Neither have I, neither, have, neither was Abraham, the father. But if you go to the Hall of Faith in Hebrews 11, you know what's interesting about their story? It, nowhere does it mention Ishmael. It only mentions that in faith, Abraham believed. Sarah believed. But correct me if I'm wrong, when the word first came, Sarah laughed. And there ain't nothing that was funny. It, it wasn't anything funny. She just thought it was the stupidest thing she'd ever heard. How could this old woman have a baby? It's not exactly a great woman of faith, is it? But you see, God doesn't count 
the way that we count That's because right. his mindset's different. That's right. Because it's not about you anyway. It's actually his faith that rises up. And when his word is spoken into your heart and you initially receive it, then God's going to record in his book your story from a realm of faith, not from a momentary day of doubt. Come on. Because as one person said, if the story's not good, the story's not, not over. So you got you to tap into that. Thank you for listening to a River Life Fellowship podcast. To get more information, check out riverlifefellowship.com.